Hello, and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Corin. And I'm Dr. Dave Lundquist. And today we're going to talk to you about communication. Because health, whether it's equine, canine, or human, has to do with internal communication and communication with the environment around you. So in order to have a healthy body, there has to be high levels of in and out communication. In order to help your practitioners and in order to help your clients, you have to have a high level of communication that actually gets you understood. And today we're gonna talk about that as a science and as a philosophy. Being able to communicate is your means of education. You have to be able to communicate in such a way that someone understands. Because communication is about perception. How someone perceives your information, you have to take responsible for that aspect of the communication. If you're trying to educate a client or a person on specifically what it is that you're doing, and if they don't understand, that's your fault, not their fault. You didn't communicate in a way that made sense to them. You didn't communicate in a way that they understood or it didn't match what we call their model of the world. So it's very important that you start to understand communication is getting outside of your head and being able to observe, being able to listen and pay attention to how that person is communicating to you because they're speaking their language. And that's what communication is. Communication is a language, not just English or Spanish. It's a different language. And often when someone is trying to tell you what's wrong or you're trying to communicate what's wrong with your horse or with your dog and you're using words that mean something to you, they may have a very different meaning to the person you're speaking with. So if we can teach you a technique that clarifies communication, everybody wins. If we can teach you a technique that enables you to see the same thing, hear the same thing, and feel the same way as the person you're communicating with, then you're going to have an elegant dance of communication and your animals are going to heal faster, get better faster, and get the appropriate care. So when we talk about communication, it's not, hi, how are you? Because as we know, someone can say, fine, fine, or just fine. And they mean very different things. So we get into the science of communication. Communication is, and we talked about, I talked about perception. And how do you perceive your world? You perceive your world through what? Through your five senses. And what are your five senses? Sight hearing, taste, touch, and smell. So that's your way, that's how you perceive your world. And your communication is broken down, and if you listen to how people speak, you'll understand how they're perceiving their world. Because some people will be more visual, and they'll use terms like, oh, I see what you're trying to say. That. Other people will be more auditory in their type of communication. I hear you, that clicks. 
Say it again. Some people are more kinesthetic. It's more about their feelings and their emotions. And a lot of times you can tell, well, they'll talk to you and they're, oh, doc, I got her really fell off and really, oh, it hurts so much. And sometimes you'll just hear it through their tonality. They'll speak with feelings and emotion. And when someone is describing what's going on with their animal and you say, oh, it just seems so wrong. And if you don't understand that that person is communicating with you in that kinesthetic, touchy-feely way, you might say, I don't understand, I don't see what you mean. And the truth is you can't see what someone else feels. You have to be flexible enough to say, okay, demonstrate that for me. Give them the opportunity to use their skills to go from a feeling into your preferred way of seeing what they're talking about. And sometimes that will be, well, my horse cringes when I touch it. And you might want to explain that as, okay, that's a hypesthesia. That is, you know, something quite technical, which may create a disconnect between you and the person and the animal that you want to serve. So in order to connect in a way that allows them to trust you, we want to give you some tools to be able to communicate, as Dave said before, in the same language. It's not cheating. It's not manipulating. It's being respectful that when someone is not responsive, think about this. If I ask you how to get to the store and you represent your world in that moment, if you represent your world in a highly visual way, you might say, you go to the red building, you take a left at this particular store, you're gonna draw me a picture. And I may say, but what's the name of the road? And you go, oh, it has a red barn on the corner. I'll get lost, you'll get frustrated. If I understand that you are giving me a visual and I can go, I see what you're saying and it will help me understand if you include the name of the road, then we can merge and speak civilly to one another. So this takes a bit of time to get used to because you have to get outside of your own head and start paying attention to how people are communicating with you. Because you need to speak in a way that they will perceive your information the way you need them to. And a visual person, you may have to show them things. You may have to get pictures. Uh, for an auditory person, you're gonna have to give them, you may have to give them lists speak in certain terms that they like to use. Listen to words, key words that they use and use them back to them. Because that can be really, really powerful. Because they know the meaning of those words even though you may not be sure 100% what they mean by those words. But using them back performs, helps perf communicate more effectively and helps build something we call rapport unconsciously. Which is a very huge factor in building your practice. And rapport is that ability to dance together and not stomp on each other's feet. And when you are trusted by the person who's handling the dog or the cat, when you can trust 
the person who's handling your dog or your horse or yourself, healing happens. So building rapport takes often speaking in the same kind of language. Always wondered when people who scream at each other, why they seem to get along so well, because their perception isn't that they're screaming. They are emoting and that's comfortable. For others, if they speak softly and in that tone of voice, that is respectful. And speaking to them as they speak is respectful. If someone says to you a word that you've never heard before, my, it's in, in, in respect to an animal, oh, it's so crinkly when I touch my horse. And you go, there's no such thing as crinkly. You must mean this. That's like you've stepped on their toes. A better way would go, crinkly. Hmm, I wonder what crinkly means. Can you describe it for me so that I can understand crinkly? Or they may take your hand and put it on that horse or that dog and say, it's crinkly right here, and you can feel it. Then you can interpret that as adenomous or whatever the representation is. But using their word makes them go, wow, this person understands me. And you know what? It's true. It does mean you understand, which allows you to be more effective. It means that you're paying attention. And that's the most important part of the communication is listening. Listening, finding out what were your words they use, the tonalities that they use behind the words. Tonalities are very, very important. If someone says to you, I'm fine, or I'm fine, or I'm fine. <laughs> Same words, but the tonalities tell you more than the words themselves. So it's very important to pay attention to those and how they use them because it means something to them that's very important. And a lot of times we want to give meaning to other people because that's what we'd mean if we said that. We're inviting you to be more open-minded. If your client is standing there with their arms crossed or your doctor is standing there with their arms crossed, we've been taught in the past that that could mean they're not receptive, that they're cold, that they're distant. Well, it might mean they're cold. It might mean the air conditioner. It might mean that they just don't know what to do with their hands. It might mean anything. Suspend your judgment and just allow yourself to adopt a similar pose so that unconsciously you're saying, I'm, I'm there with you, we're in the same space. And you'll notice that people who spend a lot of time together tend to stand the same way, fold their arms the same way, sit with their legs crossed the same way. And if you go into a field, you'll look at horses, they'll be, in that herd mentality, in that unconscious rapport. And if you look around me right now, you'll see my dogs all stretched out looking like siblings because they're in that same place and that same space where they are trusting their environment and trusting one another. And healing takes place much better in an area of trust than it does in an area that creates anxiety, tension, or resistance. It's a technique called matching and mirroring. You've heard the, you've heard the term before, birds of a feather flock, flock together. together. 
people like each other for the things that they have in common, the differences make it interesting. So being like someone else doesn't mean you're being someone else. It means you're trying to communicate with them unconsciously so you can give them the information they need to improve their life or the life of their animals. What humans tend to do, and I'm sure a few of you out there have done this, when someone doesn't understand you, the tendency will be to say it louder and then even louder. And when they still look at you like, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about, you then say it slower. Because as we know, understanding happens at 16, not 33, for those of you old enough to have listened to records. The secret is to understand, as Dave started out saying, that being understood is a choice, and it takes a small amount of effort to be able to recognize when you're communicating effectively and recognize when you're not, and to be able to say, I am attempting to communicate with you how I feel my horse is moving or how I feel your horse is moving depending upon which side of this spectrum you're on. And then you can say, what do you notice? If you ask a question without steering someone in the direction of what they see, what they feel, or what they hear, but be what we call artfully vague, what do you notice when your dog gets up? What do you notice when your horse goes to the left? That person will then be able to speak back to you as they experience it, which may mean they go, I don't know, it just feels off, or I don't know, it just seems floppy. Well, then you know that person is feeling the world. And you can literally, if you're the doctor, put your hand and their hand on that animal and demonstrate what you're experiencing. If they say, he just looks funky, he looks like he's off on the right front, he looks crooked to me, and you can say, well, I see what you mean. And show me if they have a video of what that experience is, or show me so that I can see what you're seeing. And if that person is more attuned to giving you a list of attributes, well, they first did this and they then did this and they then did this, people who represent the world in that moment in an auditory fashion will often need that structure. And if you don't tell them specifically when to come back and what to expect and how to participate in that animal's care, you're not going to get the compliance and the trust that you would if you were just respectful enough to speak in their language. Being a great doctor by itself isn't enough. You need to study communication skills. I started off as a wallflower. I was not a person to get up in front of a room full of people and start speaking. And I was good physically at what I did as a chiropractor but I lacked the skills in communicating how important it was for people to do certain things because I only spoke from where I was coming from, not from where they were coming from. So it's important that take the time, study some communication skills. There's some great books out there 
that can teach you how to do these things more effectively. The art of neurolinguistics is an art that we have been studying since the late 70s. And we're happy to give you more precise information. All you have to do is drop us a note at Equiline and we'll be happy to make recommendations. As you are out there in this world, especially right now, there is so much tension. Be a voice of listening. Be a voice that hears and responds. Open up your mind to learning new ways. And as it comes to dealing with our animals, dealing with our horses, dealing with dogs, cats, whatever, we're already practicing this. We already calm animals down by changing our voice tones. We know which ones want to be touched and which ones you have to approach. These skills are something that are a part of what you're already doing successfully. As you chunk it back, as you think about it in pieces, you'll be able to be even more effective in the areas that are challenging you. We appreciate you listening today. This is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And this is Dr. Wendy Corin. Be safe, be well, and we'll see you next week.